Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, a podcast discussing the multitude of multi site ministry. My name is EJ Swanson, and I'm joined by two of my greatest friends, Mr. Joe Crabb. Hey there, EJ. And Miss Kim Schuler. Hello. And as always, we're also joined by our great audio, video, tech guru of all things, Mr. Trevor Callis. Trev, thanks for being here and helping us, buddy. Thanks, EJ. Wow. <laughs> Well, you know, multi-multi is, we're laughing over here, multi-multi is um, our expression or our outward expression. That sounds very baptismal right now. Um, The vision behind it, honestly, guys, is just to be a podcast to equip uh, not only us as we learn as we journey in this thing called multi-site, but each of you as well. And we would love to hear from you either on our social channels or by subscribing and then leaving comments. That would be so helpful and it'd be a a huge blessing to us. Right off the bat today, though, we have a special guest, and um, many of you who have listened have commented and told us about um, how you're looking at or either already attending um, the multi, uh, multi-site multi summit. Yeah, multi-summit, um, multi yeah. We're super stoked about that, and we're joined by uh, Brent Squires, who um, is heading that up. It's his yep. brainchild, and we're so blessed to be a part of it. Brent, how you doing today, man? Hey, guys. appreciate you having me on your podcast. I'm actually a big fan. Yeah, Brent, Brent was one of the first guys to reach out to, to us uh, once the podcast went live. And uh, yeah, it was great just touching base with him, you know, back in uh, back in June, I want to say, is when we went live or uh, and just being able to, to discuss what God was doing in multi-site and hear his heart for putting something together uh, with this multi-site student ministry cohort. So it's super encouraging. I've been always encouraged by, by the work that he's done and our correspondence and, yeah. Well, Brent, I, I've um, I've been so encouraged seeing the emails back and forth about the topics that people are sharing, as well as um, just the setting that we're gonna be in. Can you give us a um, a rundown of um, the couple of days that we're gonna be spending together? Why don't you share um, some of your thoughts, just what your dream was behind the conference? Yeah, so uh, I'm at a church in Annapolis, Maryland, and we're a little bit newer to the multi-site, multi-campus game. Uh, but I oversee uh, our two campuses. We're about to launch our third and are already in the process of hiring for our fourth. And so I oversee the student ministry side, but I also oversee all the campus stuff for for hiring campus pastors, launching all the new sites and and everything at my church. So I kind of wear the student ministry pastor hat and an XP of campus development hat. Um, But yet I'm still very new to this. And as I have traveled around and uh, I network with a lot of youth pastors and churches. And uh, I was a part of the leadership network multi-site cohort. And I was just finding that there wasn't a lot of content for those of us that do student ministry in a multi-site context. I mean, there's certainly, there's certainly no books written on it. Uh, There's some blogs. uh, There's, you know, a few resources will drop every once in a while that you'll pick up on. Uh, and then I, I saw your guys' podcast, Multi, Multi, and I couldn't believe that that existed. And I was so thrilled that it was specific to student ministry. Yeah. So it, it was around the time that I had just finished up our uh, leadership network cohort yeah. on multi, multi-sites, got your guys' um, podcast started listening to. And then one day I just said, there needs to be an event where people can come together who are doing multi-site student ministry, where we could learn, get best practices, learn the mistakes not to make, and then, you know, the things that we need to do and uh, just share with each other, but uh, really have a community of those that are doing 
student ministry in that type of context. So I reached out to a, uh, a fellow that I knew who runs uh, Harvey Cedars, which is a Christian uh, retreat center up uh, Long Beach Island, New Jersey, just a little bit south of New York City. And he said, yeah, we'd love to partner with you guys and underwrite a good bit of the cost of the facility. So he's given it to us for super dirt cheap. Uh, so I got the facility piece together. Then I called Joe, who I did not know at all. Uh, just, <laughs> I, I knew it was, and I just was like, hey, you don't know me, but would you be a presenter at this thing? And, um, and he said, yeah. And so we started that conversation. And then just, you know, one by one, just started connecting with uh, the different presenters that we have just, you know, through my own networking and other people would reference uh, different churches that were doing great jobs in multi-site student ministry. So we've got this lineup of now nine presenters. Yeah, will you and, throw some uh, of those out there? Because uh, we, we throw out some names some time within time, but uh, who those people are, maybe yeah. part of the reason why you wanted to invite some of them to, to be a part of this uh, this multi-summit. Yeah, and, and most of these guys I did not know six months ago, Yeah, uh, you know, you guys included. So uh, it, it's been, it's already been a great encouragement and inspiration for me just to be networking with some of these guys. So I'm sure, you know, these will be relationships that, that will last for, for quite a while. So there's yeah. John Simmons, uh, who's from the Church on Rush Creek uh, down in Texas. Uh, so he's going to be a presenter. Uh, uh, Justin Herman, who runs the Control Chaos podcast, which I know you guys know Justin well yeah. and are fans of uh, Control Chaos. So he's coming from Sandals Church. Um, Susie Soares from Liquid Church up around the New York City, northern New Jersey area. They've got quite a few multi-site uh, campuses. Um, and then, uh, someone that I met more recently at YS, uh, was Carl Ramos, which I can know you, I, you guys know him well from, uh, Bayside church out in California. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, between all those guys and then you from, you guys from Woodside, it, it is like an all-star lineup. Yeah. It's, um, I just knowing some of those voices, all of us in, um, different arenas, different styles of churches, some really, really um, new at multi-site and some uh, that have been around for a while, people that have been at multiple multi-site churches. Yeah, in different and, roles and capacities, yep, and just different, different perspectives. And, yeah, different perspectives within that. And I, is, actually had to, I actually had to stop like bringing on new presenters because I had several, <laughs> I had several people like if I, I won't say the names of their churches, but they, these are huge churches that if I said their names, you would know who they are. And I had to say, man, I would love to have you may perhaps next year if this goes to a second year, but that's awesome. You know, just people wanted in like, like uh, Justin Herman. I didn't know Justin. He saw, um, uh, I think on the Facebook page, uh, the multi-student ministry Facebook page that I posted something and he called me out and said, Hey, I, you know, what's going on with this? I'd love to get in on this. So that's, you cool. know, that's uh, we had quite a, we had quite a few people, uh, you know, reach out to us in that way. And we, we couldn't take everyone or it'd be, you know, it'd be a 15 person panel. Well, we appreciate <laughs> you, uh, picking us, you know? Yeah. It's, it's truly <laughs> it's humbling. You know, it is. It I think it's even... Well, I mean, anybody who listens to your podcast knows that you guys do a very thorough job with all your campuses and, um, you know, your level of organization, like you guys are going to bring a lot to the table. So we're excited for that. Well, that's, that's such a blessing. I think, um, you know, I've heard from several different people who are even thinking about coming that are entering into the multi-site space and yep. just looking 
ahead and saying, our church has been talking about it. We've been thinking about it. So I'm going to try and get ahead of the game. And then when I get a seat at that leadership table in those moments, I'll have some background to be able to share that. And maybe if if that's where you're at within the process right now of multi-site and um, you're doing the research, I would encourage you just like those other guys and gals to reach out and be a part of that, especially this, this retreat, this conference, because there are people who have been in so many different facets. And um, I think you'll come away with a lot. You'll be able to sit at the table and be knowledgeable, and that'll be a huge win as well. So um, that's definitely something that we should be thinking about collectively. Yep. And so yeah, the, the and dates of the multi-summit are March 25th through 27th? 2019. Uh, 2019. Yes. 2019. Uh-huh. Websites, multisummit.org. Uh, anything else that you want people to know as they prepare to, you know, bring this before their board or purchase that yeah. ticket or anything else? Uh, I think something that was huge was the addition of Leadership Network, which I know you guys are well acquainted with Leadership Network. So I reached out to uh, their COO and, um, and again, didn't know him from Adam and just said, uh, would you guys consider partnering with us? And so they, you know, they took some time to consider it and they were like, yes, we, we recognize that there's not a lot of material out there for student ministry multi-site. And so they joined us. They've provided some financial backing to make this event as super low cost as we could possibly get it. So it's, you know, we're not making any money off this. We don't want to. We're not trying to. Yeah. Uh, we realize that people in student ministry world are working on a shoestring budget. So this was, you know, super cheap. Uh, so Leadership Network is going to come and myself and Greg from Leadership Network are going to uh, facilitate the weekend or the, the event rather. And um, the goal for Leadership Network is to uh, every presenter to help the individuals who come uh, make a connection between what they present and having the attender walk away with some actionable plans that they can, uh, you know, actually live out at their campus. That's good. So we've all we've all been to those events where uh, you you know the conference ends and you walk away and you're like, that was a great weekend, motivational, but now what? Yeah. So Leadership Network wants to make it so that it's that's not the case. You're walking out of there saying, I know exactly what I'm doing when I get back to my church. Yeah, that's awesome. Brent, it's um, it's going to be one of those events that I'm sure for years we're talking about, and we're so thankful again to be a part of it. Thanks for the invite. We yeah. love your heart, your vision, your passion for what God is doing um, throughout multi-site churches, and we're just thankful to be a part of it. Um, we'll, again, in the show notes and everything, drop all the links and um, information for you guys to sign up, those of you who are listening, and make sure you mention multi-multi when you um, go ahead and register. That'd be huge. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do we have a promo code yet? Yeah, so uh, here's what we'll do. Uh, if anyone from the Multi Multi podcast, any of the, the, the uh, listeners out there, if you just go into the, the website, so www.multisummit.org, when you go to register, put in the code Joe, and nice. uh, and we will give you we'll give you a discount off of your off the normal fee. That'll so. that'll help everybody, Joe, with his ego and everybody else along with it. So, <laughs> Brent, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you have a blessed day, man. We'll see ya. Bye, Brent. Okay, see you. 
Well, great, guys. I'm so excited about that opportunity that all of us have. Um, today on the podcast, we're going to be um, diving into one of the things that I think makes multi-site unique, and that's staffing. How, we're, um, you know, how we choose roles and responsibilities, not only across campuses, but as well as within um, our campuses itself. And Joe and uh, Kim both have a ton of experience in this. One of them, Joe, being at one of our larger campuses, yeah. having multiple staff within his team, and Kim helping to oversee uh, the team at large. So guys, as you think through staffing, um, why don't you guys just jump in and right off the bat, tell me one of the things that has been most challenging for um, staffing either your campus or overall. Yeah, uh, I'll go ahead. I'll hop in there real quick. I think the and there probably maybe be one in the same. I, I think the, the one of the more difficult things with staffing is turnover. Yeah, I think just turnover and, and it's it's bittersweet because you get guys or gals who come here. Uh, they've been called here, uh, whether at uh, the campus I oversee at Troy or any of the other campuses. And then, you know, uh, a few years go by and maybe they end up going somewhere else or a year goes by. We've had that happen before where somebody leaves to pursue higher education or uh, another opportunity that was just like the right fit, right call for them, uh, or even within Woodside holistically. Uh, we've had, you know, we look at the last four people, let's say, who's transitioned, even Kim herself, uh, they're transitioning within the organization into uh, a role that makes sense for them. So it's that bitter because you're like, man, I love the people on this team and would love if we were all in those seats, those right seats for a while. Uh, but you also need to be open-handed and want them to be faithful and following God's called them to. So always that, because then we bring on new staff, there's new dynamics, there's new expectations, whether they understand those expectations or not from the students and families and parents and one mm -hmm. another. And so, um, yeah, I think that's one of the most difficult things is transition and onboarding new staff, which I know we're going to talk about more in a future episode, but um, not just skill set, because you can find people who can do things like get up on stage and run a game and right. lead a great small group or teach a powerful message and even clean the cages and that's what our storage area is <laughs> cages like, cages yeah, we, what we're not putting kids cages in cages for? let's just clarify that here uh, real quick uh because skill set wise i think that there are a lot of competent high capacity people out there that you can bring on staff but it's the chemistry piece absolutely uh, and, and and some of those nuances that are you're always working through because it's relationships. Ministry is so so much about relationships, and that goes from us as a staff, staff to interns, staff to leaders, staff to parents, staff to students, and on down the line. So that's uh, that's my long and short. I'm gonna fire it back over here to Kim. All right. Call and me promo code Joe the rest of the show. Anyways. This is <laughs> Oh my goodness. We're never going to hear the end of that. <laughs> nope, his that head spread. just got real big. We need to deflate it a little bit, wow. EJ. I thought it was going to be multi, multi, promo code Joe. Promo Great. code Joe. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, yeah, to go off your point, Joe, I think the transitions and the uh, just the turnover can definitely create a challenge, but also brings a breath of fresh air at times oh, too, yeah. bringing in new staff. But with that, also brings the challenges of them learning the DNA of Woodside, mm -hmm. them uh, just learning the faces of the ministry, the team, and how we all function, and why I think this topic is so important yeah. when it comes to roles, responsibilities, and how we delegate those, but also how they step up and own those 
based off their skills, gifts, and um, where where they fit best. And I think one of the things you talk about, Kim, about knowing Woodside's DNA and kind of how we do that, like how we do certain things, what really does help any of our staff members uh, is having roles and responsibilities. Right. And mm-hmm. then that even plays into it. Like, where do we see their giftings? Where do we want to see them grow? What's an opportunity for them maybe to, to help develop a newer person, uh, if they're one of our experienced staff members. So I think those things even go kind of hand in hand where we're trying to help them learn not just the information, but the experience right. uh, during that week kind of lays into it, maybe kind of helps us with that focus we're looking at today of roles and responsibilities. So yeah, I right. think, I think a, I think for us here at Woodside, that's like intertwined in all our DNA yeah. roles and responsibilities, whether it be at retreats, mission trips, you know, week to week. It's, Series writings that we talked about like in prior episodes. Yeah. It, it yep. really is, you know, to, to pull it out there. It is a part of, it, you know, who we are and what we're doing. And um, I think that's true for any church, you guys. But it seems like it's one of the things that we've narrowed in on and we've we've refined over and over. And I think when some people hear roles and responsibilities, they think uh, it's just event basis. But honestly, it's it's week in and week out. It is. Because yeah. of the multi-site factor within that. And as you go through those moments, you start to see that different people on different teams and in different seats play better off of each other. They um, get more accomplished. We, you know, we joke at times and times, that, you know, this person always is late on the deadline for this, but they're never <laughs> late in the deadline for other things, right? Right. But that, that what is fuels programmed. their fire. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. What wakes you up in the morning and yep. what, you know, puts you to sleep at night. Yeah. Joe, you know, one of the things I think with leading multi-site, at least in Woodside setting, um, you have um, multiple staff, more yeah. more staff than any of our other campuses. Yeah. The Troy campus where Joe's at is our largest campus, and that plays into the role. I know at other churches, other multi-sites, they have campuses in the same situation. How, ha- how has that played out for you? in the multi-site setting where you have multiple staff and other of our campuses do, but has, has there been, um, I don't want to say just tension, but how have you navigated having multiple staff at your campus versus maybe just a single staff or a volunteer at others? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I would encourage anyone who's listening to this. We did an episode. One of our first episodes was called like structuring your staff. Mm-hmm. We kind of talk about what our staff structure is. And so I'd encourage you guys to listen to that as you get an idea of like, oh, well, why does one st- campus have more than another? And what's the protocol and so on and so forth. But yeah, I think that it has been, especially this new season, it's the, that learning of, okay, what do I want them to handle and own here at this campus, leading them specifically, uh, probably in some regards more times than not being more selfish with that, like leading specifically here, um, uh, in, to get them familiar get them to understand like what it is that we're doing here as a campus, the getting familiar with leaders and building relationships with them and with students and with parents, while at the same time recognizing that in this season there might be some great opportunities for them to fast track um, their understanding of what we're doing at um, at a multi-site level. So a good example of this would be uh, we have our winter retreat coming up for um, middle school students. And so when you're a main campus model, all your main campus staff would, like how we would run it, we'd all go up kind of early or whatever, um, 
to set everything up for the other campuses and so on and so forth uh, with our with our context with these middle school retreats. So now the conversation is like, okay, well, who goes up when? Right. And mm-hmm. who determines that this much staff must go up for this and so on and so forth because we still have responsibilities at our campus and our programming is still meeting and so it's a little bit different. And so I know that this year will look differently than next year, but this year because of who I have on my staff at this campus, I am able to say, hey, all of my new staff and interns are going to go up with Kim a day earlier because and me and one of my most experienced staff members, we're going to stay here and we're going to run programming that night. Got um, it. We'll prepare because we already have enough information ahead of time knowing that they'll all be gone. But you know that's, that would be different than if it was just like, me and a brand new staff member or just two brand new staff members like running it. But I wanted all of them to go up because I want all of them to have that experience as opposed to one of them gets the experience this year. Maybe one of them gets it next year. Um, and that doesn't really help us holistically develop them and develop as a team because then it doesn't give Kim an opportunity as the person who's leading that central team say, okay, I know next year I'm going to get two or three of you. If these two out of the five that came up were to come back up with me next year, Oh, I'd have them do this and I have them do this and I have them do this beforehand. Got it. So it allows for them to get a holistic experience that they wouldn't get in any other setting of like, oh, this is what it looks like to get everything set up for retreat the day before. And I'll miss out on that experience Mm -hmm. because I'm usually the guy who goes up early. But they'll get it. They'll get it. And it's uh, a greater it's it's a not a huge sacrifice, but it's a necessary one so that they can have that experience and that we as a team can look at how we're developing them and giving those opportunities during this unique season in which we can. So, right. And, and I think in Kim, you should probably speak to this being in the central position there. Um, how do you choose specific, um, roles for, um, pieces like retreats, events? Um, how are those decided? Yeah. So I, again, speaking back to the, um, podcast we did on staffing structure, uh, in this season of Central and students, we have a core team that loves to sit down. We meet once a month and we just talk about the upcoming thing, uh, events, retreats, but also the season we're in. So this past core team, we talked a lot about the series coming up for 2019, 2020. Mm. And even though we have not finished out this you know, school year series, we're already deciding topics and looking at assigning roles for that. So in light of that specifically, uh, we're giving the team opportunity to uh, place dibs or, hey, this this series or this really sounds interesting to me. I would love to do more research on it and write this. And outside of that, we gather all that information as a core team. We sit down, we chat through it, and we make sure it's a great fit because we also know um, and can see overall, we may know strengths of some individuals that others may not see, though they want to be a part of that series, and we can pair them well. Um, A lot of the times when a new staff member does come on in a role um, at a campus, we want to make sure we always... give them a team to work with, right? We don't want to just send them on their merry way to own yeah, something that's one of the blessings themselves. of multi-site, yeah. right? Yeah. You put them, pair them with a veteran, a more seasoned leader, someone who wrote series last year yeah. that they can walk alongside of. Uh, so it 
we love opening up to, we want to give them an opportunity to speak and have a voice, but we also want to be able to play to the individual's strengths and make sure that, uh, you know, personalities go well when we talk about teams on roles and responsibilities, because we're really a team among teams. Um, I love sometimes roles and responsibilities sounds very, um, almost legalistic or like it, maybe that's not the right word, but it sounds very rigid. That's a better word. Um, very rigid. And when, when I like to think about, I like to think of teams because ultimately though there are roles and responsibilities given out, we are still functioning as a team and we win and lose as a team. Yeah. So we want to make sure that even though Joe may be assigned with a certain role and he is owning it himself, that we are still coming alongside of him as a team to make sure he's successful. Uh, but there may be roles that some individuals get where it is Evan from our Warren campus and JP JP from our Chesterfield field campus together working on a certain role and responsibility or yeah. writing a series. Yeah, and so it's neat too because it is – one, we're talking about it. It's not just event driven. Um, yep. It is, you know, programmatically for like what our, you know, our weekend and week out gatherings are. I feel like the biggest win of having those roles and responsibilities is that it provides such like a clarification. Absolutely. Communication. Like everyone knows who has to do what. And you don't have to wonder like, oh, what's my role? What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And even builds relationship. Yeah. You know. We're all on the same team, but we're also all ministering at our own campuses, and we have our own people we have to There's lead. There's other and, stuff to be done still. Yeah. Yep. And so, so the fact that Evan and JP are working together, that builds rapport and relationship with them, where they may not have had that time set aside any other time to like actually get to know one another as part of this greater team. Mm. Uh, so it does. It provides greater team unity, buy-in across everyone's like, I contributed to this. And nobody's looking at it and think, well, that guy only did one thing and I did three things. Like, it's all for the love of the game and the love of the team. I think sometimes, uh, just the way I even ask you guys questions, um, I may ask them in the the light that we have it figured out or Mm. um, we, hey, we have some knowledge in this, so let's, let's share that. Because of that, there have definitely been seasons. I know when I was leading student ministry, kids ministry, that type of thing, and even now into the season where we're growing here, that we didn't have it figured out. Mm-hmm. Will you guys talk a little bit about what that transition looks like? I think you, you guys would both remember um, the aspect of when we really weren't defining roles and responsibilities. I remember it um I think it was fall retreat a few years back when we sat down. Remember when we went through and we developed like the producer role and yeah. we did those things. What were some of the things that you saw happening prior to that yeah. and that made us um, move to roles and responsibilities? And here's the reason I ask it is because I guarantee you there's some churches out there right now. The reason that they're listening is because they're going, we have a problem within this right now. Our yeah. staff is not working well. So what were some of the indicators that you guys saw that made us make that switch? Yeah, I think what I just shared, confusion. Okay. Confusion and yeah. tension. And then, and then from a leadership standpoint on down, because then you're like, oh, this has to get done. And you're all sitting in the room at the but meeting. But nobody's and it, doing it. And like, all right, well, who's supposed to do that? Shouldn't you guys do that? Your guys are that sh- that seat. I've got this going on. Well, I would do that, but I can't do that. And so it's like, 
And it is so you have confusion and even within that then disunity. Yeah. yeah. Because nobody's stepping up to do it. Or one person is and taking the whole weight of it all. Yeah. So there's not like just overall just like buying. And again, we do know that some people are going to do more than others. But when everybody's doing something, it means that not one or two people are doing everything. So I think those are some of the things. To go off that, Joe, I would even say where we saw many gaps or drop balls or missed opportunities too. Yeah, yeah. We continually saw that over and over again where we could have capitalized on something, but because no one either was even paying attention or no one took ownership of it or intentionality on it, you know, it never got done. Yeah. And so I think even an example of this, although in a healthier, like, couple of years because of working with roles and responsibilities was follow-up from mm-hmm. retreats right we're like okay yep. and eve events we're like okay now let's add that onto the sheet because mm-hmm. it's always something that would be popping up as an opportunity or and it was a weakness because we didn't have it now we're like okay let's put people on that uh even then um that's an event or retreat idea but even on like a curriculum idea series ideas i know that we'll, we'll, we've talked about what if somebody owned games like that was their role and responsibility. When everyone else is writing series, we have those one or two guys who just don't love to write series. What if they came up with a whole game document and said like, entire hey, year. here's what you would have and here's what you would do and so on. So yeah, I think that's been the biggest win of it. Yeah. It's just clarification and communication and, uh, and making expectation. Sure, and making sure that these roles and responsibilities and the lists of them are always fluid. Like we are always working with them and adding to them, taking away, refining, um, not only for retreats, events, but even thinking, you know, just like you mentioned, moving forward with series. Yeah. All right. We're going to add more of a games area responsibility, not just writing of the series. Now we're going to think bigger picture of the package at, yeah. whole, at large. Yeah. And having somebody own that is a huge help. And what, again, we've talked about before of bringing others along in that process and even moving them along in development, I think kind of goes back to, I believe it's 3DM, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. With the the discipleship square, leadership square. And so you have like the D1, D2, D3, D4, you know, if you did a little square around there, it's like that first one is I do, you watch. Um, and so like people are seeing you do it, seeing it in action. They're like, okay, like observe this. What do you see? Why is this important of the, uh, and then going around to D two of like, Hey, I do you help. You're inviting them in a little bit more to that process. So like if we have a brand new staff member come on, we may not give them a ton to do at that first retreat because we're doing you watch right that's uh, their responsibility is to is watch and observe. observe and to yep. like soak in the experience and who we are and what's happening that weekend from every aspect from staff to leadership to students from the stage to 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 loading up stuff uh can, and then can i interject there yeah, real quick because i think at l2 at multi-site churches often what we see is as we're rolling out new campuses we also have smaller budgets and at time the hires that we have to make within those smaller budgets are either guys or gals who don't have as much experience or are coming from a different place. So that observation, especially in the multi-site realm, yeah. is a huge win, yeah. an opportunity to be able to do. So if you have little, you know, lower budgets for staffing, um, 
you should be increasing that opportunity for them to observe what you're doing by all means. Yeah. It's that idea of like being intentional, not additional. Yeah. Like you don't have to just set up hmm. a meeting. Like why don't you just have the meeting while you're doing something? Yeah. Uh, so they can both observe it and you can have those conversations. Yeah. Uh, and so then, yeah, you go to, to like L2, D2. So L is for leadership. D is for the disciple. And it's like, hey, I do, you help. And then you keep going uh, to L3, D3. You do, I help. And Which then, I think that's such a key part turn. to the journey. Yeah. Like it's almost that make or break. It's that low season. It could, it could be right for yeah. the individual that is being brought along in the discipleship because if they fail, like <laughs> it's it's more on them. Yeah. Yeah. But to be able to walk that with yeah. them, you're still helping them along and you're still able to encourage. You're not just saying, all right. There you go, off on your merry way, all on your own. You're still there because you are helping and you're going to bring them along in that. And there's little statements along the way, like the reason why you have them like watch and that that D1 is because they don't know what they don't know. Right. Uh, And then, but that's where that that D2 to D3 kind of area can be kind of a pit for some people is because it's like, oh, now I know what I don't know. And I feel inadequate. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I've dropped Some leaders the ball. recognize that if we yeah. want to talk about self awareness for a minute, feel but like we I'm won't. There well, now. That's where if you're you're that, that that leader has to come along and say, No, 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 like this is just a part of the process. Like you wouldn't have got this if we started off this way because yeah. you just don't know what you don't know. Now you're in it for three months, six months. This is your third retreat. Like, hey, it's we've all gone through that process as well. I'm I'm going through it right now as well. I'm uh, just like, we all are, aren't we? I'm in uh, six months of Central, so yes, I'm rounding. We that, feel like uh, we're in a pit. Come on, oh, I love um, that. And that last one though is like the the place that we all want to get to as a leader, and that is you do. I celebrate, yeah. I cheer, mm-hmm. where you're just, you've passed it off. And we have some people on our, our staff, and I feel like a lot of our staff in certain areas, man, you just do it. And Kim and I have talked this about this before, where I'm like, yeah, you don't have to ask me a, the question about this, this, or this. You just do it, and I'll celebrate it, and we'll evaluate it afterwards and talk about areas we can grow in. But they, you don't need me to help or to hold hand or be yep. the safety net. Like mm-hmm. you've, you've got this. And I mean, we know there's just a, a ton of joy yeah. in passing that off and watching That's people cool. own those things. And, um, and that does allow then for greater development to occur. Cause you're like, I'm not worried about this area anymore. Cause if these two, three, four people are owning that, it's going to be awesome. Where do we need to grow? What new roles need to pop up so that we can uh, develop more people and see this ministry grow and greater care of students and leaders and families take place and uh, all, all that that we hope to do here week in and week out. So, yeah. But yeah. I, I know one of the unique things that happens at some uh, multi-sites is they even share staff between campuses, which we haven't really experienced here, but I would love to hear from um, some of you guys that if you're bouncing back and forth between two campuses, what that looks like. I'd also love to hear how you're developing staff and how your staffing structures look within that. I know that um, we would love to, to learn from that. You guys, I just... 
I just feel like um, we have a ton to yet still learn in this Absolutely. this area. So if any of you have questions out there, will you um, will you send them our way, or you have a system, a strategy that's really working with how you're assigning roles and responsibilities across multi-site? We would love to hear from you. Um, we really, as you guys email in and send us messages, we really take those to heart and we wrestle over them. So thanks for thanks for doing that, Kim Joe. I think this has been one of those episodes that we're going to look back at and we're going to say we have um god you've allowed us to do great things and yet we have so much more to do so thanks for sharing just openly with it it's been um it's been neat to listen to you guys yeah i would just say and for everybody out there i hope what you hear is like one it is important to have something that is clear that provides great communication to your team that sets expectations well and that as you do that that you don't just look to pigeonhole people to specific roles that you are um provide giving them feedback and yes. allowing them to give feedback into the process i think one of the best things that kim does is that two three months before the retreat the event we have the roles and responsibility sheet she puts it in front of the team and says hey is there anything specifically that sticks out to you maybe a new opportunity maybe something you've done before that you would love you kind of know what's coming up in your campus in the next season um so don't over you know commit yourself and i'm not telling you're going to get your first ask of everything but um this helps give an understanding and even for her then oh i would never have thought of maybe putting that person in that role why do you want to do that? Can right. you tell me more about that? Okay, that's a new one for you. So let me make sure I put uh, Ben or Joe or even, hey, you work alongside Kim. You know, somebody might be like, I kind of want to learn more about what it is that you do, Kim. Mm -hmm. Is there a way that I can help you out yeah. um, this season? You know, kind of you do, I watch, peer, yeah. you know, uh, that sort of stuff. So inviting them into the process does create greater buy-in. Uh, and it allows you to, again, not pigeonhole people, have a broader perspective of how you're developing people. So as we get ready to wrap, that was a, the last thing that was kind of sticking out to me. Yeah. There, so. And if I can just go off that to give another very applicable piece is just the follow-up of development as well. Something that, uh, Joe, as Joe and I were talking after the last retreat, something we thought would be really beneficial for our team, as well as ourselves as well, to just do some evaluating of how we thought we did within our yeah, roles. self-evaluation. Yes, you know? because we all need to realize, hey, I might have dropped the ball there. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, this role and responsibility actually needs to be tweaked a little bit. Uh, how could we make it better for next time? Uh, so just if there's something else, you know, as you're, as we are too, continuing to develop, uh, those different pieces, that was a huge help, I think for our team at large, but also for us as we're continuing to develop those roles and responsibilities. That's great. Well, guys, thanks again for your time today. Uh, for all of that you are listening, we're so thankful for you. Thanks for being a part. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Follow us on our social medias. Make sure you check out the Multi-Site Summit. It's multisummit.org. It's March 25th through 27th. Yes, sir. And we are so excited for that. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, would love to hear us talk about something on the podcast, drop us a line. We love you guys. God loves you more. Bye. Bye.